So as we celebrate, we want, to, we want to be reminded about the things that we have been talking about. Command the mountain to move. We've been looking at this series. How can we command the mountain that is before us to be moved? And as we also look at how the Lord is giving us victory step by step. We want to celebrate connection, connection with God. And today I want to read from uh, uh, Acts chapter 9 and 11, and also in Acts chapter 4. And we will take the lessons from uh, Barnabas. So if you have your Bible, uh, you can turn to Acts chapter 9, 26 to 31. And I will also look at Acts 11, 21 to 30, and Acts chapter 4, the, the last two verses. So, when you, read, when you read the scripture in Acts chapter 9, and you may say, how is this connected with celebration? And we'll go there. The word of God says in Acts chapter 9, verse 26, When Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. The word that caught my attention is he tried to join. He tried to join. Paul was breathing threat and murder. Of the followers of Jesus Christ. And people know that this guy is very dangerous. So when he tried to join. They did not believe him. They were afraid of him. They were afraid of him. Uh, Somebody came out to me and said. "Uh, Pastor. uh, I am glad that you are here. Because before I didn't know. Whether I can come to the church or not. Whether I would be welcome to the church or not. I was afraid to come to the church. Because I thought that I might not be welcome. You can't make connection if people are afraid. See if people are fearful of you and I. We can't make any connection. No connection can happen. If people are afraid and fearful of you and I. Right? Can you be friend with people that you're afraid of? And if we have this, if we exude appearance of not welcoming people, uh, definitely we will not be able to connect with people. See, one of the human desires is the longing to belong. We all have a longing to belong somewhere, to someone. And one of the quest of a guest or a visitor when they come to the church is, do I belong here? Do I belong here? Can I belong here? Can they accept me? So the disciples, is, the disciples are not believing in Paul. They are afraid of him. They, one, they were afraid. Second, they didn't believe that he was a disciple. In that moment, in that situation, how is Paul going to connect? He tried to join the disciples in Jerusalem. They were afraid they didn't believe in him. There wouldn't have been a connection if it were not for somebody. Somebody named Barnabas. Barnabas. Barnabas believed in Paul. Barnabas believed in Paul. 
See, connection cannot happen in an environment of fear. Who do you believe? Who do you show that you have faith in them? Are we showing that to our kids and our youth that are here? Are you showing to our members that may not be very vocal and extrovert, that they keep to themselves and they thought, oh no, he has no gift. He has no talent. Why? He's quiet. I mean, that is not a measurement of God's gift and God's call in a person's life. We have to believe in someone. Just as Barnabas believed in Paul. So, and what, what he did is, he took him and brought him. See, this is hospitality. Now, when everyone is afraid and scared of Paul, there was a person that was not afraid, that was not scared, that believed in him, that was Barnabas, and he took it's like you took in a person to your house. You took a person into your heart. And then not only you took them in, but you also brought him. Brought him where? To the church, to the disciples, to other leaders to say, you can use this guy. I know of him. I know of her. That's what Barnabas is doing. So Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostle. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ are you showing hospitality to people that are different from you because without hospitality you cannot make connection connection cannot happen without hospitality Connection can turn a stranger to friends. Hospitality can turn a stranger to friends. Hospitality can turn enemies to friends. Hospitality can turn guests to become part of the community. My wife used to say to our kids at home, Say, so when somebody invites you for a dinner or to come to their house, do not go empty-handed. Take a gift along with them. It could be a cookie, it could be a flower, whatever it is. So when somebody invites us, we always try to take something along with us to that house. Right? So that we can share. We can share in the hospitality that was created already. A gift, take a gift. See, Paul was a gift from God. And it was because of the hospitality of Barnabas that the church of Jesus Christ is able to enjoy and reap that gift, the reward of that gift. If nobody had invited Paul and nobody had opened the door for Paul, we would have missed the gift of God. We would have missed the gift of God. So this year, in the, in, the following, in the ministry year that we talked about, uh, we had people that got connected to our church. Right? Who, and who are those people? Um, for example, one of them is serving as a mentor in the youth. 
And if you look at him, since he is quiet, he is not outgoing and jumping around like your pastor crazy here to try and get your attention. He just moves quietly, sits quietly, do his, go his business. We may say, oh, I don't think he could be a good leader, you know, because he is not out there with the youth. Well, but he is. He is quietly leading the youth, and he is a mentor. Right? And we had a, a young couple uh, that came in here looking for a church, and they said, oh, this, is, this will be the church that we would like. This church teaches the Bible. We want to be a part of it. And now they are part of the Family Life Ministry. In fact, they were part of the Hope Silicon Valley where they connected us to Stanford Hospital. And then we had a young couple uh, that had a gift in family life ministry and teaching. And they were thinking whether this will be the church that they can use the gift. They have been here for a while and they got connected. Now they are teaching the kids. We had another young fellow that came in here and walked forward and said, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be a part of this church. And he became a youth mentor. All the people... Majority of the people that had joined our church last year, they were under the age of 35. And they brought along, you know, their, their gifts, children. They brought along their gifts, the children. And some of you came to me and said, Pastor, like four or five years ago, if you walk in here, you see a lot of gray hair in this church. And they're saying, not anymore. We have diversity in age, in race, in color. And this is what the Lord is doing in this church. Yes. So God is bringing good people to serve in this church. And I want you to imagine that, have you ever imagined that your children are guests in your house? Okay. Now, if you have not thought about that, I would like you to see and picture that your children are guests in your house, that they are there for a while. They are not going to be there forever, but they are there for a season. And God has given your children as a guest to you, to to the parents. And if you treat your children as a guest, in attitude, in terms of attitude, then there is hospitality. And in an environment of hospitality... Your children will grow. Your youth will grow. Because the best will come out when there is hospitality. We want our church to be a hospitable church. That allows everyone to come to the table of grace and give their best gift and share to everyone. That will only happen if they are not fearful of you and I. But if they are afraid of you and I, they will never truly reveal their identity. Barnabas took Paul and brought him to the disciples. Paul is a gift of God. And praise be to God for Barnabas, who showed such hospitality. Not only that, the the impact of hospitality is that they connect to people, right? Right? Uh, uh, they were able to serve people. Not only that, there is a greater impact. And they were multiplied. You know, I want to read this for you, conversion. So he was with them in Jerusalem, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists. And they attempted to kill him, Paul. 
right? Then the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord, in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and they were multiplied. Somebody showed hospitality to Paul, and the impact of that hospitality was that there was peace in Judea, in Samaria, throughout that region, and he spoke boldly, and what happened? They were multiplied. The fear of the Lord came upon the people. They believed in the Lord and the followers of Jesus Christ were multiplied. Hospitality can lead to conversion. Conversion. When I was standing here, an older gentleman came forward in the, in, uh, after the service. And I, I'm just uh, thinking, well, why, why is he here? And I've been praying with other people. I said, can you hold on a minute? And then I, I turn around, I look at him, and he, I can see the, in the face there was something different. And say, why are you here? And he say, oh, I've come forward to give my life to Christ. I knelt down. I look into his eyes, and there was tears rolling. This was a 90-year-old man coming forward. And he said he wants to give his life to Christ. I was like, yes, hallelujah. Three weeks later, he passed away. I was at Global Leadership Summit. And the family member came and sick out and say, he grabbed, she grabbed my hand and said, I want to say thank you. Did you know that he was a Jew? He was a gay. And we have shared the gospel many times to him, but he was not. And on that day when he gave, came forward to give their life to Christ, a Jew, a gay, coming forward to give his life to Christ and to say that Jesus is going to be my Savior. That is big. That is totally big for me. That's what happened in our church. Because of your hospitality. There was a young guy. I meant, I'm going to remind you. So we can praise. There was a young guy who worships an Odin. A Viking God. He came to our house. When we were leading the gap group. My wife was leading the gap group. And we had this conversation on God. And the Odin God, our Lord Jesus Christ, well, long story short, he decided to give his life to Christ and we baptized him, that young man. Right? We were able to baptize a mother and a daughter together here. We were able to baptize a church member uh, who, who kind of was watching his wife from afar and to see, oh, I'm just going to church because my wife is going there. And that wife was baptized in a swimming pool uh, in Sharon's house through a live group. And they were just swimming and reading some Bible. I don't know what they did, you know. Okay. Because men were not allowed to go there, right? Okay. I wanted to go there. I said, no, pastor, you can't come. I think they have some butterfly wings and did something there. I don't know. Well, but it worked. It worked. And the wife was baptized and the husband was baptized here. Husband that did not grow up in, in a Christian home. That happens because of your hospitality. You see where we're going at? Conversion. Multiplication in the church. Hospitality establishes connection. Connection leads to belonging. And belonging lead to involvement. 77% of our church involved in life group. Not just in one Bible study. It's more than one. It's like six months they are involved in serious Bible study. And also in fellowship. Like sports, 
getting to know each other. 77%. Do you know that we are among one percentile in the churches in America that have that number? Do you know that? Yes, praise God. Praise the Lord. That is our church. That is your character. How did that happen? It's because you love the Lord. It is because you are hungering and thirsting for God. That's why it happened that way. We got to keep this up. Oh, we made 77%. That's it. We're done. Gone. Okay, discipleship is a process. It's an ongoing journey. That's called spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is an ongoing journey. You will never reach to the point until the day we look at God face to face and worship Him all the days of our life. Barnabas showed kindness to Paul. The impact of his hospitality empowered Paul to connect many people to Jesus. You don't have to be a Paul. You don't have to have his oratory skill. You don't have to have his evangelistic passion. You may not have the gift of his teaching. But if you have hospitality, you can develop a Paul in this church. You can develop a Paul in this church. And the life of Barnabas is a, is, is a great encouragement to me. So God's multiplying all the churches in the early churches. God's multiplying. People are coming to know the Lord. Cornelius' families, uh, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon them. They have heard this story and the news went to Jerusalem. And the leaders are curious and they want to verify what God is doing. So they said, oh, we're going to, we have to do something. We may send somebody. Do you know? Who, who they decided to send? I mean, of all those disciples, of all the thousands of people that have come to know the Lord, they chose one person to verify that. Who was it? Barnabas. Why? Because he was generous. A person that is good and encouraging. And a hospitable person. And they said, we're going to send Barnabas. This would be the right person. So Barnabas went out. Barnabas went out. And, and the hand of the Lord was with them. And great number believed and turned to the Lord. And the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. The mother church of Paul and Barnabas. And he came and sinned the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all. That with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And great many people were added to the Lord. They sent out Barnabas. They didn't send the person that has the best oratory skills. Like Apollos, great preacher, nor one of the disciples that has seen the Lord. They chose this guy, encourager. Barnabas means son of encouragement. Bar is son. Nabas, encouragement. And he went there, and when he saw the work of God, Hmm. I have to really see whether this is God's work or not. You know, I have to interview people. 
I have to see whether this is the devil's work. I, I don't believe. No, he was glad. He was glad. And then he encouraged them. Say, oh, continue to do this. He was the right person to go there. Hospitality creates the environment to share our faith with gentleness and respect. When, if we are not a hospitable person, we can't be gentle and we have no respect for other people. When we don't have respect for other people, it is very hard to connect with those people. We will not be able to share the gospel when you have no respect for the visitors or the guests that comes and sit with you in the church, in your home, in your house, in your work. Peter wrote that too to the church. Share the gospel with gentleness and respect. But if we go with like, I have the truth, you don't have it. If you don't have my Christ, you die. No. Barnabas encouraged others with grace. With grace. And then when he had seen these things, what did he do? He went back to look for Paul again. He went back to look for him. And he found him and he brought him. That's leadership to me. He found him and brought him. And they were there for a year. Preaching and teaching the word of God. And this was the place where the, where the followers of Jesus Christ were first called Christian. It was the work of Paul and Barnabas. They taught for a year in Antioch. And the followers were first known as Christian. Barnabas changed the life of Paul. Because... When, when, you, when we're looking about leadership, see, hospitality creates quality leader, okay? And uh, a, a quality leader makes people around him better. See, hospitality emphasizes quality over quantity. It's not how many leaders we have put down in a paper in a church, but it's a quality. What kind of leader we created in a year? And it's the hospitality of the church and the people in the heart. You know, it allows those characters to develop. And when people are around you, people that are hospitable, that are kind, gentle, generous, and full of the spirit of encouragement, they make other people feel better. Not only feel better, they make them better. Has people been better because they are hanging around with you? What about you, youth, in your high school? Are your friends getting better because of you? Or are, they, are you joining them? And you are becoming like them. How are we doing, youth? How's your leadership? We're not talking about you leading in front all the time, but leading quietly. That if you are in sports, if you are in music, if you are in a, a drama... If you are in a cheerleading, I don't know, that people want to be around you because you're kind, respectful, and gentle. And you realize that your friends have become better because of you. Right? That's good leadership. Hospitality creates environment for people to get better. I just wanted to talk to the youth 
on that. Hospitality emphasizes quality over quantity. It's not so much of how many friends you have at school. How many Instagram friends you have. And how many likes you get every week. Right? It's not a competition of likes. And how many friends you have. It's about the friends that you have. And how are they getting connected. Because in this super connected world. In this super connected world. One of the worries for young people. Is that they are not going out partying a lot. Like the boomer generation or the Gen X. Right? They are happy to stay at home playing online. And in the beginning, my wife and we are saying, Oh, this is good. Our kids are at home. Right? They are safer now because they are not going out. Not anymore. We want them to go out and hang out with friends. In this super connected world, they are unconnected. Right? They have a high risk of not knowing how to communicate with other people. And hard time growing up as an adult and adjusting their life. In the book by the psychologist Jin, uh, the iGen book, how this generation, millennials and uh, Gen Z, are growing up to be uh, not rebellious, staying at home, safer, but not emotionally growing and not knowing how to grow up as an adult because their interaction with other people. Are not good. They'd rather stay home. They'd rather stay home. In that kind of generation, in that kind of environment, you and I, as leaders of this church, how are we helping our youth, our young adults, to get connected? And that connection cannot happen if there is no hospitality. If you don't have a mind like Barnabas seeking out somebody, and taking them, actually taking them, bringing to your house or bringing to the church, introducing them to the good people at the good time, at the good place. Your friends at school are not going to get better if your youth, you youth, and those of you in the college are not inviting them to a, a group, to a small group where they can grow. Barnabas made Paul better. I encourage High school students, middle school students that are here in our church, college students, to make the friends around you better. Because you have the light in you. You have the light in you. And not only that, there was a great example here that I want to read. Then one man named Agabus stood up and showed the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciple, each according to his ability, determined to send the relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Paul. This is generosity. They were determined to send relief. Now I'm going to ask our campus director uh, and our IT director, Jerry Sintas, to come and talk about this. Because we are also going to go to Harvey. You know, sending relief. It talks about your generosity. And Jose, who was also named Barnabas by the apostle, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it to the apostle's feet. Hospitality develops a culture of generosity. And generosity is an attitude of grace and gratefulness. 
Barnabas was an example of generosity. And I see this in our church, in how we are making impact in the community, determined to send relief and help the community. And Jerry has a great story and a testimony of what our church has done to be a part of the community, to tell other people that God is working with you. So, Jerry, let's go. Yes, this church has been great with its hospitality and generosity for this community, but we've also been doing things outside of this community. Uh, I've, I'm on staff here. My name is Jerry Sentis, and uh, I've been involved in many of the outreach trips that this church has put on. Uh, just next week, actually, we're going to be uh, heading to Beaumont, Texas, with 12 people from this church and from other, uh, actually, people that are not a part of this church, uh, to go and help people clean out their homes from Hurricane Harvey. And uh, so people had their homes flooded with uh, water from that hurricane. And we're going to go down for an entire week starting next Sunday and work one-on-one with homeowners to um, help them get their homes back into a condition that they can start to rebuild. And, but like I said, we've done this many times before. This will be my sixth trip with this church. We did three trips in Louisiana for Hurricane Katrina. We actually went to, her, uh, went to Beaumont, Texas, where we're going to be going next week about eight years ago to do Hurricane Ike. And then we also had a team from this church go to the Clear Lake area and do uh, work on the Valley Fire. So we helped people with their homes that burned down. And also we've had um, other trips that are not just disaster-related, but the pastor and his family took a group of about eight people to Arizona to work with disabled, uh, mentally disabled people. And so this church... Um, I love it how the fact that we take this love thy neighbor and take it outside of Santa Clara and take it to other places of um, outside of Santa Clara. And so it is that hospitality and generosity, but also is that loving your neighbor uh, part of the puzzle. And um, other things that are going on here is um, we also have opportunities in this community right here that we've been uh, working on that I— I've loved to be a part of. We have a huge sports ministry that goes on across the street where we have 16 different churches all participating in volleyball. Uh, We have 30 different teams. And what's cool about that ministry is it's not just a whole bunch of Christians playing together. It's half of those teams are non-Christian, and they're now hanging out with us playing volleyball, competitive or recreational, and listening to devotions that we're giving And so these are opportunities that we have to um, reach out into the community through different types of programs, through mission trips, through sports. Uh, I know Pastor wanted me to mention uh, just this week, um, I do a lot of work with the high school, Santa Clara High School, and Ray and Shim, his sons, joined me to help the school uh, with their float build. So simple things like that. They had a homecoming Friday night. Those kids are building these big floats on the back of trucks with two-by-fours and plywood, and for the last five years, I've been able to go over there with the Bethlehem tools that the church owns, take them over there, and say, hey, we can help build with you. And so we did that Thursday night, and Friday night, uh, Shim and and Ray helped me tear down all those floats. And I was able to wear my here-to-serve shirt, which is awesome. So everybody's like, hey, do you have kids here? And I'm like, no, we're just here from the church across the street, and we want to just help. So those are great things that we can do. Um... And also Cupertino. And I work with Cupertino High School also. These are just things I do as part of staff here and part of the church that I like to represent, but I like to help out the high school, Cupertino High School also with their drama department. But this church is just known for not just being focused on itself, but being focused outward, and that's why I love being a part of this church. 
Thank you, Jerry. And at this time, yes. We're, we're going to invite the worship team to come up. And as they're coming up, uh, we want to invite those who are going to Texas to rebuild and give hope to the people to come uh, stand in front so we can pray for you. Can you please do that? The, the people that are going to Texas, we want to pray for you. We want to send you with our blessing. Not everybody's here, right? Because they knew that we were going to call them out in front, so they stayed back. Uh, but they will represent our church. Uh, about 12 of our uh, members are going to help uh, rebuild there. And we also have two non-Christians that are joining us because they heard about the work we're doing and said, Hey, I want to be a part of that, and I don't belong to your church, but can I come and help? And I said, Of course, come on. We can all work together. Amen. Amen. And as I was talking to our group, some of the group... One of the group members that was going here had talked to me and said, Pastor, I felt different about this trip. I feel like God is building within me that this trip is not just going to be building homes and uh, making their life easier, but I feel that there will be opportunity for us to share the gospel. That maybe somebody will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and get connected with God. And I'm like, whoa, I bless you with salvation. And as they go down to Texas there, let the Lord God put words in their mouth. And even if they don't, even if God doesn't, let them see the generosity and hospitality they have in their heart, that they will create space to other people to get connected to God. Can we pray with that on that, right? I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward, and we'll pray for them, lay hands on them, and then we'll take our tithes and offering after the prayer. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, just as the early church we read this morning, they were determined to send relief. The moment Hurricane Harvey happened, Jerry came to the staff and said, we got to take a team. He was determined in his heart to go and help people that he doesn't know. And this is the heart of the church. And then people immediately responded, we are going to go with you. They didn't, it's just like a heartbeat decision. And they are here representing the many people that will go. Lord, send them with your power. Send them with your love and your compassion. Let them be a great example, just like it was in the early church. And because of their generosity, and their determination to relieve other people. Let the soul be added. Let the church be multiplied. That as we have read this morning. Thank you for the gifts, the talents, the tithes that is, bring, that is brought to the house of God this morning. Let this be used for the expansion and extension of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.